Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 805, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 and 22. Let's read the passage. Then Peter approached him and asked, Lord, how many times must I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? As many as seven times? I tell you, not as many as seven, Jesus replied, but seventy times seven. This is the gospel according to Matthew. Matthew's writing this gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus, to convince people that Jesus is the Messiah. He's giving us this teaching, preaching, healing ministry of Jesus. We're in a section on teaching and one of these discourses, extended teaching segments. This is the fourth of five discourses that Matthew has. And this is the discourse on relationships, specifically relationships amongst believers. So some call it the discourse on the church. The discourse began with a question. The disciples asked, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus said, well, the issue is who's actually the least, because the least will be the greatest. He talked about the seriousness of causing a disciple to stumble or fall away. They gave the parable of the wandering sheep, showed the importance of God's people to God, the importance of keeping them within the family of God. They talked about how you, as an individual, deal with another disciple who sins against you. They talked about the church's authority in dealing with sinful behavior. And through all that, the goal was confession of sin, forgiveness of sin, and reconciliation between one another. So in light of that, now Peter asked this question in verse 21. Then Peter approached him and asked, Lord, how many times must I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? As many as seven times? The goal that Jesus has been giving here is reconciliation. And notice there's some balance here when Jesus said in verse 15, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Peter here says, how many times must I forgive him who sins against me? So that against you, against me has some balance there. But Peter seems to be getting it. He says, okay, I I see this. The relationships amongst disciples is important. It's important to God. It should be important to us. And the goal that Jesus is laying out here is reconciliation, confession of your own wrongdoing, forgiveness of somebody else's wrongdoing, resulting in reconciliation between people within the body of Christ. He says, so should I be willing to forgive my brother seven times? Now, Peter thinks he's being pretty magnanimous here. This is over-the-top generous seven times. In the Talmud, the collection of rabbinic teaching, specifically this segment called Yoma. Yoma comes from the Hebrew word for day. And so this is the segment dealing a lot with the the Day of Atonement. So it's got laws on fasting and forgiveness and repentance. And there's a section in there that reads, it was taught in Berita that Yabai Yosei Bar Yehuda says, when a person commits a transgression the first time, he is forgiven. A second time, he is forgiven. A third time, 
he is forgiven. But the fourth time, he is not forgiven. They refers to Amos 2.6, where God says about Israel, I'm going to forgive you three times, but not four. And says, based on that principle, you're to forgive your brother three times, but not four. And so when Peter says, should I be willing to forgive seven times? Peter's over the top here as far as being generous with being willing to forgive. And so he thinks he's being quite generous here. But then in verse 22, I tell you, not as many as seven, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. The point Jesus is making is very clear. And there's no real debate on it, but the debate is in the details. What really is the basis for the point he's making? Is he using the imagery of Genesis 4? And that's the big question. I think the the answer is probably yes, because the numbers 7 and 77. Recall back in Genesis 4, Adam and Eve had the two children, Cain and Abel, and both of them took an offering to the Lord. The Lord responded favorably to Abel's offering, but not to Cain's. And in jealousy, Cain killed Abel. And then the punishment for Cain, God says, you're no longer going to be able to grow crops. You're going to be an aimless wanderer through the earth. And Cain says, the punishment's too great. Anybody that finds me will kill me. So God says, okay, I'll provide some protection for you. I'll give you this special mark, which people will see you're under my protection. And if anybody does harm you, I, the Lord, will provide vengeance seven times over. Then Cain has a son, Enoch, who has a son, Irad, who has a son, Mahujel, who has a son, Methushel who has a son, Lamech. So, five generations later, Lamech is born in the line of Cain. And what the Bible's showing here is the growth of wickedness. And so, a little later in Genesis chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, Lamech, who has taken two wives, this is where we first see polygamy as part of the growing wickedness in the world. Lamech says to his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice, wives of Lamech. Pay attention to my words, for I killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain is to be avenged seven times over, then for Lamech it will be seventy-seven times. So where God said to Cain, you're under my protection, and if there's somebody harms you, I will avenge you seven times over. Lamech says, I'm a man of violence. I get my way. Anybody crosses me, look out. I'm going to put you down for crossing me. And if it was good to avenge any wrong done to Cain seven times, then I will avenge myself 77 times. And the Hebrew word here is 77. But in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, it is the same exact phrase that Jesus uses in Matthew 18.22. Now, the Greek literally is 70 times 7. That's why we see it gets translated as 70 times 7 in most New Testaments. But the Hebrew is clearly 77. 
And so is it some kind of euphemism? And, and then the question is, what does Jesus mean? Does Jesus mean 70 times 7, which is what the literal Greek words say, which is 490? Or is he using the words of Genesis 24, where Peter said 7, God said 7 to Cain, but then as the prime example of wickedness of a man unwilling to forgive anyone who will avenge 77 times, is Jesus now saying you must be willing to forgive 77 times using that imagery. I think he is using that imagery because he's using the exact same Greek phrase as in the Greek translation of the Old Testament. But the point is, it doesn't matter whether he means 70 times 7 or 77 times. Because this is hyperbole, not math. We're not supposed to keep track and say, okay, I have forgiven you 489 times. Now I forgive you 490 times. Next time, no, I refuse to forgive you. No, the point here is it's an unlimited amount of forgiveness. The illustration of Lamech in Genesis is there was no limit to the violence that he was willing to perpetrate for himself, for his own vengeance. But the Christian community, there should be no limit to our willingness to forgive the exact opposites. So it's not whether he intends it to mean 70 times 7 or intends it to mean 77 doesn't matter. The point here is, no, there's no limit to our forgiveness. Peter's willing to be extravagant in forgiveness and say seven times. But that's still a number you're counting. Jesus said, no, we don't count. We forgive. There is no limit to our forgiveness. We don't keep score. And so through all this, this segment on relationships, we're seeing the goal is confession of sin to one another, forgiveness of sin of one another, and reconciliation within the one another's. So we're not looking for limits to forgiveness. We're looking for ways to bring about reconciliation. And the steps he talked about earlier, we talk to each other, we get help, we bring the whole church in on it, not to punish, not to ostracize, not to kick out, but to bring about reconciliation. Now, for some people, they will not reconcile, in which case what they're saying is they can't be part of the community of God's people because they're clearly saying, I refuse to follow God's design. I refuse to follow God's desire for how to live with one another. And so they are really not part of the community of God's people. But for those of us who are followers of Christ, disciples of Christ, part of the community of God's people, our desire is for reconciliation. And we go out of our way looking for ways to be reconciled with one another. And that's the teaching of this whole segment in Matthew 18 of Jesus' teaching about the relationship between disciples. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.